and welcome to Spawn, a common sense and hopefully fun discussion on parenting and parenting culture. Hey, I'm Liz Gumpener. And I'm Kristen Chase, and we're the co-founders of CoolMomPicks.com. On today's episode of Spawn, we are going to be talking with Molly Bloom. She is the host of one of the most popular kids' podcasts on iTunes, Brains On. And side note, it is my son Drew's favorite one. This is true. You talk about this nonstop, so I'm so glad Molly is on. (laughs) We're going to be talking about how to encourage and foster curiosity in your kids. And of course, we're going to end our show with our cool picks of the week. All right. So if you go right now and you look at the kids and family iTunes list, no, unfortunately, not yet. You won't see Spawned at the top. You know what you'll see? I don't know if we should be in kids and family, though. We have some (laughs) R-rated episodes. I just want to say that. We're, We're kind of like all over the place, right? I know. Oh, it's true, but I guess we're lumped in in the family portion of this because certainly not kids. But if you go there, you will see Spawned on that list. But you know who you'll see at the top? You will see Brains On. It's hosted by Molly Bloom with the help of real kids if you haven't heard this podcast. And if you look at the description, they say it's like a science lesson for your ears. They ask questions and they go where the answers take them. I love that so much. Well, it's what kids really do anyway, right? Yeah, absolutely. And Molly is the host. She is the mom of a one and a half year old daughter and I love this part of her bio it says here that she loves finding out the way things work whether it's a glass factory or our brains but this is my favorite she's also the shortest one in her class and has always worn glasses since the third grade me too Molly welcome welcome Molly thank you for having me we are so glad to have you this is one of our favorite topics we love anything that encourages our kids to ask questions learn more and helps those of us parents who don't know everything our kids are inclined to ask about. Yes. I mean, how could you know everything? They ask about literally everything all the time. (laughs) This is true. So how did you come up with the idea for doing this? Um, So we came up with this about five years ago. Uh, Me and my two co-producers, Sandin Totten and Mark Sanchez, I had done a storytelling show for kids in college on our college radio station. And I really wanted to make something for kids because I think kids are awesome and they're super interesting and interested in the world. And so we were just kind of kicking around what a podcast for kids would sound like because at the time there really wasn't anything. And so we were thinking about, you know, all the kids we knew at the time were really interested in a topic. Some were obsessed with dinosaurs. I knew a kid who was obsessed with plumbing and they kind of got Plumbing really... is actually a very lucrative career. <laughs> yes, right? So I hope that if you're going to be set. obsessed in something, yeah, plumbing, go for it, kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Much better than what we do, writing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, plumbing. Everyone should pursue it. Um, so then we kind of thought about, you know, well, we know kids have lots of questions and we wanted something that we could feature their curiosity and their expertise. And so we sort of settled on science as the way to do that. And then we've just kind of been figuring it out since then of how to make this show for kids. And we knew one of the most important things to us was to have a lot of kids' voices on the show and to have them not just as the question askers, but also as people who had information and had interests and were awesome people. Well, that's probably what makes it so interesting for Drew, right, Kristen? Like he's hearing, you know, other kids talking about stuff too. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the aspects of it. But I feel like you guys dig really deep into topics that are also very appealing to kids too. Mm -hmm. So certainly having those kids' voices helps. 
But I, you know, I will say when you were gone, he was pretty annoyed. So don't <laughs> don't have any more babies anytime soon, Molly. Okay. <laughs> Your one fan here in Doylestown, actually, I'm sure he's one of many, was very annoyed. But you know what? Here's what I'm wondering. We all know, or at least I feel like we parents know, that kids are naturally curious. But I'm wondering what happens to make them not so much. You know, are we doing that? Is it schools? Is it society that's saying, you know? Don't ask so many questions. So what do you think about that? You know, that's a good question. I think part of it is feeling like maybe all of the answers are already there Mm. and it's all over. Yeah. Because like part of the thing that we find when we take these kids' questions and we go to scientists and we talk about them is often there will be a point in the interview where they say, we don't really know that yet. Ah. So this will probably be solved by the next generation of scientists. And that could be your listeners. So I think that is really key for kids to feel like there are interesting answers, but there's also so much we don't know that we need to keep exploring and that they can be a part of that exploration. I think that's great. And my, my mom is an educational consultant. And one of the things she talks about a lot is gender difference in the classroom. And one of the things she's focused on is starting around, she always says, April of fourth grade, it's very specific, <laughs> is when girls stop raising their hands in general and they stop asking questions and they start becoming more self-conscious. They don't want to get things wrong. They don't want to appear to be the smart ones. Like there appears to be this gender divide. Is that something you've looked at or are you kind of more focused on younger kids where they're still asking the same questions and equally as excited. Like, have you seen that yet? You know, our target age range is like 6 to 12. So fourth grade is kind of our target area. And we hear from a lot of girls who are that age and older. But I think it is clear when we've had girls who are older co-hosts that they do seem to be a little more self-conscious than the girls who are younger. That kind of is in line with what I've heard as well. And I know, I mean, I'm the mom of two girls and Kristen has three girls. So we talk a lot about how to keep our kids curious and interested in science, Mm -hmm. you know, when maybe they start to ask questions less and giggle more. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do you have any ideas about that? Like how to keep kids curious? Yeah. So we try to show a lot of women scientists and have a lot of girls on our show doing a lot of the question asking. So showing other interested women women and girls who are not afraid to ask questions and not afraid to be curious and not afraid to maybe not know the answer and not be perfect. I think that's so important. I think that's great. Yeah. And, you know, actually, this is kind of funny. Yesterday, my daughter gave me as a gift, she took the Women's March logo, you know, like the three profiles of the three different women with different skin tones. And she's like, look, I made this for you. (laughs) And she drew them so that the white one was Wonder Woman. The one in the middle was Katherine Johnson, the physicist. And then the other one was Angelica Hamilton. (laughs) So those were her three characters. That is awesome. (laughs) I did have to point out to her that the white one was fictional and the other two were real. But I love that. I love that she was like kind of thinking about science and that she knew that I would kind of be excited and impressed by seeing that she was learning about these kinds of historical characters. So that gave me some hope. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's so much about finding the right answer as kids get older. I mean, I think they see that in school. You know, they get praise for getting the right answer. They get the wrong answer. They get docked a grade. And I feel like that just grows and grows as they get older. But when you Mm -hmm. talk to so many scientists, you know, you have all these folks on your show, they talk so much about how they failed. You know, like we had to test this hypothesis and it didn't work and they're okay with it. And I feel like having that as well, at least I know for me, just the fear of failure, I think, kept me from being as curious as I am. Mm -hmm. So I imagine hearing scientists who they fail all the time. That's part of what they do. You know, it's part of curiosity certainly has to be helpful. At least 
I hope it is as our girls are growing older and I hope that they stay as curious as they have been. Yeah, I think feeling is a huge part of it because girls have this perception that they need to be perfect and get the right answer and sit Mm. quietly and do all of that. But yeah, failure is just a natural part of science and just exploring in general. You're not going to hit it out of the ballpark the first time. And that's important to see that that is really okay. Yeah, that's why there's podcast editing, right? Exactly. That's what I tell our kid co-hosts. What? We make no errors. What are you talking about? That's crazy, Chris. That's part of the spiel that we give to our kid co-hosts when they come on the show because they're often kind of nervous about it. But we say, you know, this is edited. So no one will hear your mistakes except me and Mark. And we will edit all of them out. And, you know, you'll hear me make a lot of mistakes. And that is just part of the deal. Hey, we tell that to adults on our podcast. So I think that's great. (laughs) All right. So here's what I want to know. Curiosity, at least in my house and I'm sure in other listeners' homes, means a whole heck of a lot of questions, especially my 10-year-old who loves your show nonstop. So yay for Google because that saved our butts many times. But what else can parents do to encourage their kids to ask questions, but also maintain some level of sanity? (laughs) You know, that's a good question. I'm not sure I have the answer to that one. Damn! Um, I know, I know. But I think part of it too could be, you know, having your kid keep a list of all of their questions. And then you can kind of work through them, like say, today we're going to take a question off the list and then find some good sources and talk about them and maybe find some cool activities online. Oh, that's a great idea. So just keep a list or, you know, actually, now that I think about it, his fourth grade teacher had him keep a journal Mm. because he would always be raising his hand in class or sometimes calling out. And so now that I think about it, that's probably why she had him keep a journal. And so then what he would do is just turn in his journal to her and then she would try to answer the questions that she could answer or just respond to his discussion points. So maybe that's something if you have kids that ask a ton of questions all the time and it drives you batty, maybe you can just do it like that. Just say, you know, I'm just going to answer one question a day. <laughs> that's, all I can, <laughs> that's all I can hack. And actually, Molly, I like that you brought up online activities that kids can do because mm-hmm. we, we actually did a post recently about free educational online resources for curious kids mm. specifically to keep kids interested. And we talked about everything from the website the kids should see this, mm. which I love. It's a great website. Or, you know, even the New York Times Learning Network or the videos from How Stuff Works or Crash Course History. Mm-hmm. Like, do you have any kind of online activities you think are great that kids should know about? There's some great TED videos that kind of take simple topics and break them down with interesting animation. We're big fans of those. Um, we also look to Pinterest a lot. And we actually put together Pinterest pages for each of our episodes oh. that have additional activities. That's a great resource. Yeah. So it's sort of stuff that we've vetted and made sure that it's accurate information. You know, like for our elevator episode, there was an activity where it taught you how to build a cardboard elevator because a lot of teachers use Pinterest. So there's a lot of great stuff out there. Really smart. And so listen, what do you do when you're a parent and you don't have the answers to questions? Like I'm the first one to be like, let's look that up together (laughs) because I learn when my kids learn. And I have a daughter who will ask like the most outrageous questions. So I, you know, I'm always like, well, I don't know. Let's look it up. But I talk to a lot of parents who still feel uncomfortable saying they don't know or they don't have the answers. Have you experienced that? Or like, what should parents say? I really think it's important to say that you don't know. 
it's good for your kid to see that you're still learning too and that it's okay to learn together and that learning is a lifelong process and that it's not something that you just are done with when you graduate, you know, high school or college. So I think it's super important. So I think we all just have to be comfortable with saying, I don't know. Let's see if we can find out. And then if you can't find out, then, you know, that might be time to enlist your friends who might know. Or listen to <laughs> or Brains find On. find some good videos. Or listen to Brains <laughs> On or send your question to Brains On and maybe we'll answer it. So that's, that's what I would say. I think it's okay to not know everything. And I like the idea of letting your kids know that learning is a lifelong experience. I think that's a really beautiful way of putting it. Um, I say to my kids often, look, I learn from you the same way you learn from me because I want them to know that they can be teachers too. And I think the way you express it, that learning goes on forever. It doesn't end after school. I, I think that's beautiful. That's a really great way to put it. Thanks. Yeah. And you know, the library is a great place too, that you could go like try to find books together and maybe read the book together and learn about, you know, the origins of the universe or something like that. Yeah. It's a great opportunity for parents and kids to do something together. I know sometimes it can be activities that aren't super positive, if you will. So like to me, this is something where you can make time for your kid and do something together where they're learning something and you're learning something too. And I have to say, saying I don't know is a way for me to humanize myself. I feel like kids put parents up on a pedestal as they should, but also I want my kids to know I'm human. And so I make mistakes and I also don't know everything. And so thank you for giving me permission to just say, I don't know. And that's why you have that really expensive computer in your room. <laughs> Let's look this up together is definitely like one of the most common phrases in my vocabulary. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Great. So listen, talk to us a little bit about the podcast. So for people who haven't heard it, it's new to me. Kristen's been talking about it forever. I've just started listening to it and it's amazing. So why don't you tell our listeners like a little bit about it and what they can expect from it? Yeah. So every episode we answer at least one question sent to us from our listeners, usually more than one question sent to us from listeners. And we have listeners all over the world at this point. So we hear from a lot of kids every day, which is super exciting for us. So we take this question and then we just go deep on it. We try to really explore all the different facets of it and not shy away from complicated things. So for instance, you know, a question we had gotten from a few different kids was why is the ocean salty? Mm. And so we started exploring that and we talked to a chemistry professor and she told us that she covers this in her graduate level chemistry class. So maybe it might not be so simple to explain to elementary school kids, but we said, you know, I think we could do it. Let's try it out. So we did. We explained it. And part of it was we wrote a song to explain why the ocean is salty. And then sometimes we'll do things we call skitsplanations where we'll kind of talk about it uh. and maybe anthropomorphize molecules or cars or something. We'll have kids who are co-hosts of the episode with me and they They'll help me interview scientists. And so we just kind of try to get to the different parts of the question in kind of as creative and interesting ways as we can. So do you have a favorite episode that you've done so far? Oh, man, that's tough. Um... One of my favorites, I have to say, is our episode about farts. I was just going, <laughs> you oh my and gosh. every kid in the world. <laughs> we just like re-released that as an encore. So we, we are like mind-melded, Molly, because I'm like, I think I, the farts one is good. <laughs> yeah, the farts one is a personal favorite. And anyone who knows me knows that like if you talk about farts, I will just like laugh. Farts are always <laughs> funny. <laughs> they're always, always funny. Uh, but they're actually like super important. And there's a lot of interesting <laughs> science going on there. So that, that episode was pretty fun to work on. Um, another one that we did fairly recently 
recently that I really was fascinated by was the question we had gotten from a kid was, what was the first animal on the planet? And then another kid had asked, what was the first life on the planet? So we sort of started exploring that. And, you know, that's a huge topic, but it really led to some interesting people and some interesting new ideas to think about. One of them is the idea of a shadow biosphere, which just kind of blew my mind. (laughs) So that's sort of this idea that they talk about the last universal common ancestor, which is probably this single-celled organism that led to all the life on our planet. But some scientists think that there were probably other groups of cells that were developing at the same time. And it's possible that maybe one of these other cells did kind of continue to thrive and is alive, but it's sort of this life that we don't recognize as life. And scientists are exploring this idea to sort of help them recognize life elsewhere in the universe. Oh my god! So that if we do go to Mars or, you know, Jupiter's moon, uh, Europa, if we do find life there, it probably will not look like us. So how will we recognize it as life? Uh, my wow. jaw's open right now. I, have I know, to me too. I'm like, that is deep. My 10-year-old yeah, daughter. Yeah, it's kind of mind-blowing. <laughs> when my daughter was like three years old, she said, okay, if babies come from moms, then where did the first mom come from? And mm-hmm. I was like, let's look that up together. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, to this day, she's fascinated by that. Like, that would be a great episode to start with with her. <laughs> yeah, it's mind-blowing, all of it. And it's sort of key to so many areas of science that you might be interested in. So it could open up a whole lot of curiosity for a lot of kids, I'm sure. Now, for the summer, you guys are doing something a little different. It's special. Again, my son would know more than me if it's new to do this every <laughs> summer. But talk to us a little bit about your road trip. Yeah, so we have not done this before. We're doing a five-part series all about cars, and we're calling it our road trip series. Like me and my co-host are on a road trip together, but we're sort of looking at the science of cars. And part of the reason we chose cars was because we've gotten tons of questions from kids about cars, and that's probably partially because kids listen to our podcast a lot in the car, we've heard. And we also knew that a lot of parents save up brains on episodes to listen on long road trips. Mm -hmm. So we thought, why don't we give you guys some extra episodes to listen to on your road trips this summer that are kind of perfect for listening in the car. So that's what we did. And it's been a lot of fun. And people can binge them? Or did you release them all Yeah, they're all out now. We we released them five over the course of June. So now June's over, so they're all out there. You can binge them. I don't know how people wait, because I have to tell you this. So my son's room, the power is out right now for we're trying to figure that out. Anyway, that means he can't plug in his phone, which means means at probably 2.30 this morning, he came in to get my phone so that he could put podcasts on because he <laughs> likes to listen to them all night long. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think that's awesome. He must be getting so much information. Isn't it funny? So like three in the morning, I'm hearing Molly talking about like science. So I'm going, oh my God, I roll over and I'm like, oh. <laughs> that's fantastic though. Most kids are like sneaking the phone in the morning so they can play Minecraft. So <laughs> I think you should be really proud, Kristen. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I am. Listen, I'm super happy with he's got great taste in podcasts for sure. So Molly, listen, we know that kids can listen to Brains On with their parents too, of course, but I'd love to leave our listeners with a few of your tips. Like what are some other ways parents can help encourage curiosity in kids? I think part of it is taking your kids' questions seriously. So if your kid asks a question and it sounds like you guys are already thinking this way, but not just to say, oh, no one knows. That's no, no, no. Let's, let's talk about something else. But to actually say either, yes, I do know. And here's where we can learn more about this or I don't know and let's find out together. I think that's huge to tell them that their curiosity is a great thing and you want to celebrate it. I think that's fantastic. And you know, one of the things I always like is the 
rabbit hole of the web in the best possible way. So if we're listening to one of your podcasts, that might make us click over to the Brains On webpage and learn more. And then we might click through to some of the links and end up researching something. And it kind of takes us through that black hole we all talk about on the web. But it's so great for kids because they can go deeper and deeper and click on what interests them and really drill down. Yeah. And another thing I would recommend, too, is to have them kind of talk to your adult friends about their lives and jobs. I think that's really important for kids Mm. to see different paths in life and different things that people are interested in to see that there's a whole lot of things. So they might know, you know, what their parents are interested in, but they might not realize that one of your friends, you know, is a graphic designer or another fixes bikes and sort of understanding what all those different possibilities are in the world. Yeah. Which brings us back to plumbing. Exactly. (laughs) Let's get those plumbers going. I know. I love talking to people about their jobs and I'm 41. (laughs) And I don't know if it's changed. Liz, maybe you can talk to this a little bit, but I feel like when we were kids, like kids were kind of seen, not heard-ish. Like it just didn't seem like you could have a conversation with an adult that didn't revolve around like you sitting at the kid's table or like putting (laughs) away your shoes. But I feel like nowadays, maybe it's because kids are more mature or they're more informed or whatever it is. Less respectful. (laughs) Or that. But let's go with the positive in that. Like I just feel like my kids all the time have great conversations with adults and I feel like adults are more willing to. So it's a compliment to adults. That's what I really think has changed. Is that what you think it is? I I mean, I was joking about less respectful, but I remember (laughs) as a kid that, you know, some parents wanted to be called by their last names, Mrs. So-and-so. Like, that's broken down a lot, I think, over the past 10, 20, 25 years. And I think it's made adults more accessible to kids in a really good way. Like, they, you know, not that parents are their equals, but that, that adults are accessible and people that you don't just have to bow down to or obey, but people you can have a conversation with and connect with. And I love that. All right, Molly, where can people find you? So if they want to learn more about the show, they maybe have a question that their kids want to submit. Tell us, you know, what's the best way to find you? Yeah, you can head to our website, which is brainson.org. You can find all of our past episodes. You can download directly from there. You can find where to send us a question, which is just our email address, which is hello at brainson.org. Org. Oh, the other thing we ask kids to send us are mystery sounds, which is a really popular part of our show. And that's where kids send us an interesting sound from their lives. And then we play those on the show and kids guess what they are. Um, so that's always really fun. My kids would send in fart sounds. Excellent. But I know you've already done that show, so we'll have them try another one. I'm sure no one has sent that in ever. So We, we have some <laughs> listeners in Swaziland who sent us a mystery sound of zebras farting. Wow. And it was from their commute to school and there were zebras literally next to their car just farting and they sent us that that's amazing and that was amazing (laughs) how do you not want to listen to this show after that (laughs) fantastic yeah and then you can find us on instagram and twitter and facebook and all those places too and podcast apps any podcast app we're pretty much there okay well now it's time for cool picks of the week cool picks of the week and molly you're our guest you get to go first and we are very very excited okay i have i have a couple oh good the first oh, good. one which i should mention is if you are interested in podcasts for kids there's actually an app called kids listen and you can find basically all the podcasts made for kids on that one app right now it's just on browsers but they're working on a mobile app so that's a good place to send your kid if your kid is super interested in podcasts that's a great pick it is and we featured it on cool mom tech and actually your icon is in the photo that's on our post and i can't wait for them to come up with an app because right now the web is great but i feel like when they're able to get on your phone it's going to be so much easier but what a great service for parents who 
don't read Cool Mom Tech and haven't seen Kids Listen, I'm a huge, huge fan of them. So yay, good pick. Yay. And then my other one is something that I use every day in my life for my one and a half year old daughter, which is her lunchbox. And I love this lunchbox. It's a Bentco Kids lunchbox. Oh, yeah. And actually packing lunch for her, I kind of hate it. (laughs) <laughs> like doing it every day is kind of a horrible thing. Welcome. But, yes. So the things about parenting that nobody tells you. Yes, I'm new to Number this. Number 404. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, tedious and hard. But this lunchbox, actually, I feel like it makes it a little more fun because these like preset holes like make me feel, I don't know, like almost like I'm playing a game. Like, ooh, what will go in this compartment? So that's sort of my thing that makes packing lunches a little bit better. That's a super cool pick. Yeah. And Molly, we're going to have to send you to Cool Mom. Mom Eats because especially with summer here and back to school coming up, we feature a lot of great tips for packing lunches I and need using bento boxes so that you won't get bored every I day. I need those so much. Oh my gosh, I'm going there right after Yes, this, do it. Real. And also, you know, Stacy, our food editor, would give you two thumbs up because she recommends bento boxes for that reason. It just makes it so much easier for parents because you're like, uh-oh, there's an empty spot what did I forget to put in there? It just like helps <laughs> our brains that are very tired and need caffeine. It does make lunch packing so much easier. So good job. Thumbs Yay. up. I'm going to go there. Thank you for the <laughs> That's a good sug for my cool pick. Mine is, mm, I would say not for kids. <laughs> you would <laughs> just say that? <laughs> is in the same, it might be in the same department. So someone sent me as a gift. It's called the You Can Serve Insulated Wine Glass. This is awesome. Kristen, you would totally love this. I'm looking at it right now. It's like a little stainless <laughs> steel tumbler and it's got like a little clip-on lid almost like a sippy cup type top I'm looking and it's made yes. to keep your wine cool Ooh. and just this week we were watching fourth of July fireworks up on our roof where there were no glass bottles allowed so I poured wine into it somebody sent me as a gift and I tried it for the first time it's fantastic it keeps everything from sloshing out and spilling out but you don't have to bring a whole like I'm not a big drinker I'm not gonna drink a whole bottle of wine I just wanted like a little cup it's you can serve you dash K-O-N-S-E-R-V-E. We'll link it up on our site along with all the links that you heard here today. But it's very cool. It works well. And I didn't think I needed it until I had it. <laughs> so that's ah, a good yes. Pick. One of those fabulous things. That looks awesome. I'm, it is. It's I, really good. It. I'll be using it a lot this summer. Okay. So Molly, you might like, I'm mean, not that you don't like Liz's wine glasses because who doesn't like that? But <laughs> I'm talking about a different kind of glasses. I'm talking about the glasses that you're going to need to see the solar eclipse. Do you have oh. that marked on your calendar? Oh, yes. Of course. Yeah. August 21st, everyone. It's a total solar eclipse. But, you know, looking into the sun, not so great for your eyeballs. So libraries across the country, there's about 4,800 libraries that are participating. They are giving away free glasses so that you can safely watch the total solar eclipse in August. How cool is that? That's really That's cool. amazing. Yes. Also, I am going to have total eclipse of the heart stuck in my head for the rest of the day now. <laughs> and so will our listeners. So sorry about that. Way to go, Bonnie. Yeah, exactly. I know I can't say it without thinking that. And now thank you for that um, earworm. <laughs> Anytime. Um, so anyway, you can go to our site, Cool Mom Tech. We'll link it up. We have a link where it will show all the libraries across the country. And also we have a link 
link so that you can see if you're in the pathway where it's best to view it. So some of us are only going to see a partial solar eclipse. I'm actually going to be on an airplane to Hawaii, so I'm not sure if it's going to be awesome or terrible, depending, I guess, on where we are. Mm. But if you're a science nerd like me, and I know, well, is your science nerdy? Molly, definitely a science nerd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys are going to want to go out and get your free glasses and get excited because this is this is a big deal. and People are traveling for this. Yeah, we've heard from a lot of people who are going to camp out, you know, in Idaho and places like that because those are some of the best Ooh, spots. Yes. We're doing actually a whole episode on eclipses on August 1st. And actually now I want to find out the answer to your question about airplanes. Yeah. To see if you could see the eclipse from an airplane. Well, there you, you go. Know, I'm going to ask that. Kristen, you I, get a shout out on Brains I on. get a shout out. Well, <laughs> I will say this. I was looking because my fiance is super nerding out about it and he's really bummed. But there were a bunch of photos when I was searching for a photo for this post that people had taken from an airplane, which leads me to That's believe so cool. that you can see it. It just might be obviously a different, I'm, 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 a, I'm a genius here, a different vantage point. <laughs> <laughs> from up in the sky. From up in the sky. So I would love to know. If you find anything out, Molly, yeah, let me know. I will. We would love to share it with our readers, too. Well, Molly, thank you so much for joining us. This was Yay. really cool. Thank you for and having me. I hope our listeners will tune into Brains On. It's really cool, really fun, really smart. And hey, it'll make you smarter, too, which is always a good thing. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Spawn. We're so glad you could be here. And hey, huge thanks to our engineer, John Bowen. And special thanks to our special guest, Molly Bloom, the host of Brains On. And hey, listen, we love hearing from you. Hit us up on Twitter. It's at CoolMomPics, hashtag Spawn Show. If you're not on Twitter, that's okay, because we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Pinterest, and we even have our own email address, Liz. Can you believe it? It's true. Spawned at CoolMomPics.com. Basically, we make it really easy for you because we're just really giving that way. (laughs) (laughs) And hey, listen, make sure you leave us a review on iTunes. We love seeing your reviews, especially the positive ones. You know, no pressure. And be sure to subscribe to Spawn. In fact, you can do it right now as you're listening. Just click that little subscribe button and be sure to download our episodes. And that way you can even catch us on your commute or wherever you are, even if you don't have Wi-Fi. Thanks for listening to Spawn. This is Kristen. And this is Liz. Have a great day. Bye. Now I'm only falling apart Nothing I can say A total eclipse of the heart